afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I am your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world. Um, it's a wonderful day today. It's the 17th day of January. I'd like to appreciate everyone who's joined us. I get the sense that I have that there have been a lot of new listeners recently and I thank God for this. It's an answer to prayer and I pray that this the time that you spend listening to these musings <laughs> uh, you know of um, one of god's children that w- it would be a useful time for you so thank you so much i do appreciate your taking the time out of your day i am very honored and i count myself privileged to have the opportunity to walk through life with you even if it's for 15 minutes of your day and for those who are repeat listeners oh wow this is so awesome thank you so much uh, and I, my honest and heartfelt prayer is that these words will be useful to you somehow and that God will use them to speak to your life, to your situation, make your experience of him richer. He will answer the questions of your heart. He will provide wisdom where there is, you know, where you seek clarity, give you comfort where it's required, take away doom and gloom and, you know, infuse you with joy that no one can, would understand or can ever take away from you. So my, my prayer for you is that your heart's desires will be met and that the Lord himself will reveal himself to you in the way that only he can. And, you know, in Jesus' name, amen. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm by and large, every day, I'm getting a sense of really understanding the importance of living a life of purpose. It's so funny, the way the world is and the way we're brought into this world, you know, we're just coming, I mean, we don't really know what kind of house we were brought into. You know, if it was one of those people that was, you know, has famous parents, you probably won't realize, you know, what that means until like maybe you're like age six or seven. And if you're also born into a, a home where things are, hmm, you know, you know what I mean, things are a certain kind of way, it takes a while before you realize. It takes a while before you realize that, um, you know, it, these are the dynamics of your family. You're able to then, com- you know, compare with other people, look at your neighborhood. Maybe one day, you know, particularly if you were born in a certain part of town, as time goes on, you now realize that, oh my goodness, not everybody lives the way we do. You know, it takes a while before you make sense of the world. Someone like me, I'm still learning. In fact, there's some things I found out like in my 50s that a part of me, I'm like, how did you go through life not knowing this? Then a part of me is like, thank God that I didn't even know because I, I was able to, you know, but it's 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 a tough one. So there's a lot that we, it takes time. And then it takes a while before you, you get a sense of who you really are, what your purpose is in life. You know, why are you even here? What does your life even mean? So people never even have the space to even be thinking of such things because things are so challenging in their day-to-day lives that they don't it's just about survival and it's only in those very quiet maybe painful moments that they're able to even reflect and think and be like i wish things were different or i wish it was like this anyhow we all go through this journey ourselves and i have gone through this journey myself as a teenager i think that was what led me to christ i am grateful that you know, God did not allow me to look for him in places where I shouldn't have, but I longed for, I longed for meaning, I longed for a sense of purpose, I, I, and I longed for it all through my childhood, but particularly my teenagers, and I think it will probably be like that for a number of people. My teenagers were very sad years, very sad years. In fact, till today, 
I don't have a close relationship with anybody I went to school with at that time for that reason because it was just a blur. You know, I went through the motions, I passed my exams, I read, you know, but it was hands down, I think, the the most I think I would say it was the saddest, most confused time of my life because I I lost my father at age age five when I was five years old and I was he was the closest person to me and he loved me. I mean I was daddy's girl and all that. I think the impact of that loss, you know, came to bear for me in my teenage years. So it was a very lonely time. I was really alone, you know, and I missed him. The reality, and that's this is really crazy saying this because I knew my father was dead even at age five. I mean, we knew because we attended the burial, we did everything. But um, so I never asked, you know, my mom, okay, where is daddy? That question never came up. And um, recently, when I was listening to Prince Harry say in one of his interviews that he actually thought his mom was, oh, you know, she should come back. He spent entire life you know thinking his mom would come back i was like my goodness that must have been terrible so i was trying to think did did i ever think my dad was coming back i was like no i didn't because i didn't I, I, you know i didn't there was just something final about his departure i knew and i don't know whether it's about the the fact that i think yeah i, I think i think it was probably handled better i think my mom actually handled it better than yeah but i mean I, I, I try to really think about that. And then, you know, there were a lot of people commenting and saying, yes, the same thing. I was like, wow, <sighs> that must have been tough because or maybe it was actually, I don't even know, because for me, I knew he wasn't coming back. So there was a deep sense of sadness about the fact that I knew that his death was final and there was nothing I could do about it. And I didn't feel like I had the kind of support around me that... I, I no one just knew and this what I'm saying if anybody in my family hears me say this they'll be shocked because nobody had a clue because I was going through the motions I passed all my exams I didn't fail I would go to school I was normal but I wasn't normal at all I wasn't you know and it was that deep sense of sadness and loss which hit me like eight years after the incident after he, after he, he died that was when, you know, over the period, four years later, I, it, it led me back to God. And that was when it, it, the height of the, the, the grief and the sense of loss, the sadness was, I think, around when I was 13, 14, perhaps 15. It got better. In fact, it was really about the time I, I yeah, it got better, I would say, towards six, 16, 17 by the time I found Jesus around that 17, yeah, that was it. And, you know, God became my father. I had a relationship with him. And, the, you know, that, that, that sense of being adrift was, was gone. So for me, and I, Christianity is not a game. Neither is it a, something I do... I, because I was born into a Christian home, which I was. But when you hear me speak, you can see that being born into a Christian home wasn't enough to help me out of my sadness. I had to have my personal journey in in the faith when it was no longer just because... Because really, is anybody really born into Christianity? No, you are not. You're just born into religious practices and, you know, with a label on it. But Christianity is a real relationship, you know. 
it's like the difference between being in the same classroom with someone and then being in the relationship with them it's two different things so i could have attended a class i could have a classmate i have a crush on him or whatever but there's no relationship we just enter we go into class together i see i see him like literally every day we go to the same classes you know and all that but we're not in a relationship so i can't on the basis of that now be saying oh he's my friend and i know some people do that but he's not your friend he doesn't come to class because of you you have no relationship outside of that class in fact if he stops coming to the class that's the end you have no right to even call him and say why weren't you in class there's no relationship so you just happen to be around him there's no relationship between you and if he stops coming to class for any reason that's it he goes that he's out of your life you as in that since you never see him again Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that wonderful analogy. You'll always notice Holy Spirit just comes in every now and then. And it, it's exactly like that. So there are people who have been hanging around Christ or hanging around places where Christians are. And they think that that's enough to make them a Christian. Just like the analogy of a classmate you have a crush on or a guy that, you know, you, you have your, you sort of like look at from afar. You're not in a relationship. What, what makes you come into a relationship with that person is... Both of you have a conversation, you go out on dates, you you then talk, you commit, you know, you, you a relationship then develops. You know, you text, you chat, you whatever, you start dating, you go out, maybe then you decide to propose this, you know. Then, then you get married, there is a relationship, there is something. And it's about interaction, it's about intimacy, it's about knowledge. And then the, the relationship grows, the intimacy grows, the commitment grows, obligations, all of that. And then you, you go into partnership with one another, you decide to set up a family, build up a home, you join your assets together. When there are troubles, you are going, you are going through it together. Everybody brings their skills, the best of themselves to the role, helps each one, it, you know, helps one another with problems. That's exactly how it is with, Christian, with Christ and being a Christian. So it's not something that is transferable, say, by birth, no. Even though we like, yeah, it's not, it's not. So anyways, so you have, everyone has to have their personal experience and the Bible, Jesus talks about this all the time, which is why he says, if any man um, be in Christ, he he says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He says, if you shall believe with your heart and confess him as Lord, it has to, the belief has to be there a sense of a belief confession you have to make the confession in your hand you have to believe and it has to be a confession that is made in faith anyways so that's that so eventually i went on my personal journey even though being born in a christian home and i met him and that made a huge difference in my life it's it's made so much of a difference that for me the struggle i have been on for years is the struggle of you know submitting 100% to him it hasn't been about oh is he really God or do I want him in my life or do I should I walk away from Christianity that has never been the problem there was a time in my life when I got mixed up with some people that I shouldn't have and they got me the theology was all wrong let's just say and I got involved in that and I I walked I would say I backslid because I would say that I backslid and um what happened was um so yeah so I, I i backslid and i lost focus i lost tangent but i still thought i was following god just that i wasn't i had actually fallen for something that was really not of god at all and it wasn't scriptural and somehow you know they had just a whole mess <laughs> what happened they twisted the bible they did so many things 
and um, and there were people that I trusted, you know. So I felt okay. They couldn't, you know, they 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 meant well, which is why when I talked these days about false prophets and false teachers, it's because I've I have fallen prey to false teachers before. I have, and um, which is why now I root very strongly in the Bible. And maybe that's why, now that I think of it, maybe that's why I am more. Um, strong about testing spirits, you know, the, the kind of thing that many I see around many believers around me. Oh, like this man of God cannot do wrong. I I don't, I don't subscribe to that because I've been a victim. And so, funny enough, I've never said this on this podcast before. Five hundred episodes, and I've never said this because it's not something I like to talk about. It's 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 you know, but I think the Lord wants me to talk about it now, and I know that now I have truly forgiven myself for that period in my life for me to be able to talk about it like this. So yeah, so that's why I, I, I now root everything that I believe in the word of God and I ask God to teach me and show me. And even when someone is preaching, you know, I check it with my theology. If I do not understand what this person is saying, I will rest. I'll say, okay, let me try and understand better. But I will go back. If it's strong enough that it's making me like, no, this can be, you know, this can be right or something. I'll go back and check my Bible, check as many references as possible. If I can find anything said by Jesus, or the apostles in the epistles that contradicts what that person has said. I don't care who that person is. I am throwing what they said out of my mind, out of my mind, as in I'm packing it. I will root my life on the word of God because it has been, apart from the fact that I, it has been this sure and steadfast anchor for my soul and my life. And the last two years, when I went through life-changing life-threatening problems thank there was no man of god that helped me it's not as if i went seeking for them but nobody even the ones that were in the vicinity you know what i'm saying nobody was able to help me it was god and his word i went back into the bible god led me back into the bible and through his word he led me out of the miry clay led me out of the dark darkest darkest caves so my faith in god and my faith in his word as contained in his bible has been not only strengthened it's been calcified it's been cemented for all of eternity because i now know how bad things can get you know, I now know. I know that sometimes when you are thinking your life is, you know, is bad or, you know, that you have problems, I know it is possible that things can get worse. And that sometimes success is the fact that it hasn't even gotten worse. Not that it has gotten better. Sometimes success is that a problem has not worsened. This is something I could, ne- I would never have said three years, four years ago because I couldn't imagine that somebody you can thank god that his situation hasn't gotten worse but now i oh lord yeah i wonder oh wow and even when it gets worse you can still thank god that it did not get worse than that worse <laughs> because and this is you can only say this and understand what i'm saying when what you never imagined in your life happens to you and you are almost buried and sink sunk by the experience but for god so I have decided to hold on to him. And um, what I realized, and I'm just going to read, end this by reading some 
one which is where i wanted to start off with before i got led off on the tangent which i hope is somehow still useful for you is that i'm beginning to realize in fact i just read this psalm one this morning the first psalm one of my powerful seven psalms i i, I was there was a episode i did on the first seven psalms of the bible i'm talking about how powerful they were and um anyways go and listen to it it's called seven psalms and about how god has told me several times whenever i'm in very tumultuous situations i just read those first seven seven and god ministers to me through them so i'm reading i just decided to read psalm one today and as i read it i could i realized that this chapter is like a recap of what i have learned in my life in the last two years i'll read it and then i'll explain why i say so so starting from verse one it says blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law does he meditate day and night now i have to stop here because this just as i read it this morning i was like oh my goodness the holy spirit just dropped insight in my heart you know i've been talking about how i have been lord has led me to remove myself from certain relationships and how hard i found it to do so because being somebody who is so quiet and introverted the few people that are in my space i'm like by the time i remove myself from these spaces there will be there will nobody else to talk to because i have a very very tight-knit space i'm not a very social person i'm not a girly girly person i don't have that many girlfriends you know so I don't have that many friends period you know so i was like by the time i removed a few handful of people but i now realize what verse one and verse two is is almost like explaining what has been going on in my life that i didn't even realize that god was making me do he says blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners though sits in the city of scorpion but his delight is the law of the law and in his law does he meditate there and night. i kid you not this is what i've been doing throughout last year i told you I joined a seminary program and we read the Bible cover to cover. So in 2021, God was removing me from the, the, not the um, some of these people are people that normally when we talk, we're gossiping about people, you know, things like that. And me, I enjoyed it. You know, we're talking about things and like, oh, this person, that person, you know, and all, that kind of thing. And now that those relationships are no longer there, I don't have anybody to be having those kind of conversations with anymore. So, and that's the man he's describing in verse 1. So, I never really understood the correlation between verse 1 and verse 2. But he's saying that that person removed himself or herself from the counsel of the ungodly. Hey, Father, Lord, you have saved me. Hey, I don't even know what to say. I used to imagine this as... The way I used to read this before now was, oh Lord, I'm coming out in goosebumps. The way I used to read this before was, blessed is the man that walks that. So I used to read it as, I myself was the ungodly. So the fact that I have decided not to walk as an ungodly person, then I'm blessed. But I'm realizing that what he's saying is, the person that has removed themselves from receiving, being in the position to receive counsel from ungodly people. And the kind of person that is also not standing in the way, in the habits of sinners, in the habits of sinners. This is all about socialization, not sitting in the seat of the scornful. You know those people that just, when they gather together to just make mockery of others, which of course, like, I, I was in that kind of setting, in some relationships. This is all about social, you know, this, this is somebody who has 
removed themselves from a certain kind of lifestyle and certain kinds of people he's saying that that person he has the phase one removed themselves from those kind of spaces and then now infused it with the law of god and meditated it in day and night then he now says in verse 3, And it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in the season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. I think this verse, Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3, is recipe for good living. Because what I have found since this year began, in fact, let me break it down to you. Verse 1 is what God has been doing in my life since um, from 2020 to 2021. 2022, delight in the law of the Lord. That's what we've been doing. Meditating it day and night, literally, because I had a whole schedule of things. I did about six courses, about how many units of courses last year, about 20-something units of courses. So I had work. I had seminary works to do. So I had no choice. I read the prophets. I read the gospels. I read everything. I read the epistles. I wrote on them. I wrote I wrote like at least a hundred term papers. If I want to put together the, how many papers of um, scriptural study, they must be, they, they run into at least it's at least some some pages were ten to at least a hundred one hundred and fifty pages if not more. Then I noticed that this year all of a sudden the Lord said to me this is your year of fruitfulness and I find out that everything literally everything I lay my hands to do is just prospering. The level of fruitfulness in this um, two weeks. I have never experienced this in my life. It's like I'm just, it's like a Midas touch. Everything I'm touching turns to gold. And I, and I don't mean, I'm not talking about money yet, even though, you know, there are some things that are coming by way. But I'm talking about, you know, something you, things you're trying to build, you've always wanted to build. All of a sudden, you, you're, you're, you're building it. You're aggregating teams. You're pulling things together things are happening within a very short time it's almost like god just and i'm not even putting in much effort just a little bit of effort massive results very impactful so this is why you led me holy spirit to this psalm today this is what has been happening so it is perhaps and i need to wrap this up now but it is possible that for some of us maybe what is actually holding us back is that we are still walking in the counsel of the ungodly because I'm telling you, I just and I can't, I wish I wish you were with me physically, you listening right now, so that I can explain to you what the revelation that God is giving me on this counsel of the ungodly because there were some influences in my life that I didn't know, and I've talked about this over and over in the in, in on this episode, on this podcast, talking about how there were people in my life that I trusted, and I would of course when I went through challenges I would share it with them, and they had veto power over my life. They were the kind of people that I trusted so much that if they ever cast reasonable doubt on anything that I was wanted to do, even if it was what God told me to do, it would be enough to make me think sometimes, not even do. In fact, many times I delayed or if stalled on what the Lord was telling me to do because of these people. Later I now found out that it was counsel of the ungodly. Took me a whole lifetime to find out. But now that I have removed these individuals separately, from my life, all of a sudden I'm becoming fruitful. Please, can you explain to me? And like I said, this was not unilateral action on my part. This is God-led, spirit-led. I struggled with him so many times. 
on this issue. We were on it throughout 2020 and 2021. He, it happened in phases. Up to now, I still don't understand what, you know, what was really going on in those spaces. But it is now clear to me. Hmm. My people will say, Mkombe. There are mysteries in this life we will never understand. But I think, you know, because even now I can't even, un- I can't, because some of these relationships, I don't even understand why they should even, why they, their removal from my life should have so much positive impact. Because I didn't even see them as harmful. But clearly they were. There are two things that the devil uses to hold us back, weights and sins. Some people are a weight in your life. And I don't mean there's some situations in your life that come as a trial. God is using them actually as a, as a refining fire. That's not Those are not the type I'm talking about. I'm talking about a weight that did not come from God. That God, it's not that God wants to use it to do anything. No, it's 100% from the devil. I'll just leave it. Blessed is the man that works not in the council. I have come to, I, you know, I've been, if you've been listening to my podcast for the last, this is something I've been reflecting on. We need to be careful. The Bible says, let every man take heed how he hears. We need to be careful about the people that we allow to speak into our lives, including me, that is talking. If at any time you are listening to me and anything I'm saying is not making sense to you or you, you find it offensive, please switch me off. Because it's your life. And we all have to take responsibility. Don't say because other people are consuming it. It's the only way. Because at the end of the day, Jesus, we can't come before God and, and, and say, oh, because oh, my brother, like Adam, tried to say, oh, the wife that you gave me was one that made you sin. Did God say because of that, oh, he only punished if Both of them, everybody. He Single point accountability. That's how God works. So I'll just leave it at that because I myself, I think I'm really dazed right now. And what this is making me realize is that I have to therefore maintain this diligence. If this has been, if this has been a barrier, that means that there has been a lot more holding me back than I could ever have imagined. And that even the things that God has enabled me to achieve, even with all of that holding back, was by his supernatural grace and mercy. But that for him to even have now gotten to the point to say, I should remove myself from those places, because he knew that where he needs me to go, I will not be, I need this, I need these things moved out of my life. It's the same reason why he told Abraham to leave his family and go to a place where he will show him. Because he knew that except he leaves, he will never fulfill. Thank you very much for listening. I'll leave it at that. May the Lord reveal unto us what he would have us see, know, and do at every point in time. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We'll be back again tomorrow, same time. This is Musings with Jesus.